welcome to Cinema Olivia, your podcast for discussions on old movies, weird movies, you know, movies, movie type stuff, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm back. I'm your host, James Eldred. And who's back with me? I'm Anthony Abbott, and happy to be back. Anthony, thanks for coming back. Uh, it's been a while for you to be on here, and it's been a while for me to be on here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think, when was, when, was, when was the last time you were here? Um, I think the last episode I did was when we talked about the 50s sci-fi movie Them. Them, yes, that is. Yeah, so that would be back in June. Yeah, and I have not been here <laughs> since the middle of August, which I recorded that like in the beginning of August. So it's been almost almost two months, a month and a half. Because as I said during the troll episode um, with Drew Mackey from Gears episode whatever, I will I was going to America, and I did that. That's done. Uh, it was an experience. Uh, two days before we left, my boyfriend got COVID. Oh. <laughs> no, that sucks. Yeah, so he got it at his parents' house. He wasn't near me when he got it. So I was like, I love you. Stay the fuck away from me. Um, <laughs> and so he had to change. He had to get a hotel. Uh, we had to reschedule his flight. Uh, I came. I flew into America. My... my uh, Chronic pain issues, did not appreciate the jet lag. I had to go to the ER um, once I got to, I, like after two days in America because my pain was so bad. I got a $2,000 doctor bill for that Whoa. Um, because American healthcare is wonderful. Um, yeah, so a lot of bad stuff happened. And so I was thinking about films that make me happy. So I thought <laughs> today... Uh, since it, 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 I wanted to get something out this month, didn't really have time to prep a whole thing about it, one movie. I thought it would be kind of a fun thing just to have like a topic and talk about comfort food films. And, I love this. Yeah, yeah. So, like, b- between not just medical stuff, personal stuff I'm not going to get into, and then other medical stuff, like as my listeners may know, I had no surgery this this year. I also had the flu twice, not COVID, I tested so a lot of times to just sit on my ass and watch movies. And sometimes I wanted to like absorb some new stuff. But other times I just wanted to go to my happy place. And for me, that's usually movies. I've seen a million times, certain movies or Pearl Jam or Pearl Jam concerts on, on YouTube. So, you know, one of the two. Um, Anthony, how often do you kind of fall back into your comfort zone with old movies? You know, I do it kind of on a semi-regular basis. Like, I will go through, you know, movies I've never seen before or newer releases, and then every now and then it's just like either something happens where someone makes a comment or mentions something, or I just have to suddenly watch something that I hadn't watched in a while. And I'll probably, I'd say maybe at least once a month, throw on some kind of favorite just because I need something on that I could just have on that I'm familiar with. And it's... Yeah, probably at least once, maybe twice a month sometimes. It kind of depends on what's going on. Sometimes I just want, like, I know this movie. I know what happens. I know every beat of it. I know every bit of the soundtrack. But you know what? This is the perfect thing I need for today. And sometimes I'll just put that one movie on and, like, we're going to sit and watch this and do laundry. And even (laughs) that might be, like, well, maybe we folded the laundry and we left it sitting here, but we're still watching this movie. And this is what I needed for the day, you know? So kind of often. So that's always a common one I hear about. If I look on Letterboxd for like a mediocre movie, and you'll if you if you find enough reviews, someone will say it's a good film to do laundry to. <laughs> yep. Uh, 
for me, it's for me. It, that's like cleaning my records. Like one time, I when I came back from Tokyo when I lived in America once, I I, I bought about three hundred records when I was in Tokyo, and I had to clean them. So I sat down and watched the first three Fast and Furious films just back to back to back, and just cleaned records for six hours. Um, oh, you know, so productive session. But I was researching this idea a little bit and if there's any like science behind comfort movies and i and i guess there is i was reading an article from 2020 like kind of during the height of the lockdown on some australian i think it's an australian or new zealand news website um well no south african south african south africa i found some south african news um weird uh about how rewatching a film you like can be a way to control your emotions when things get too heavy uh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Because if you watch the same thing, there's no surprises. Uh, it 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 um it puts you in a comfortable place, literally, and it kind of just puts you in a situation that you feel like you have control over. Yeah, you you know what you're getting into. Yeah, you know what you're getting into, and you don't have like. Because there's nothing worse than, like, you go to sit down a film that you think is going to be a fun time, and then the end is, like, everyone dies or whatever. Um, and it's like, well, fuck you, movie. I wanted to have a good time today. Yeah, Fucking something myth. that makes you feel like you just wasted your free time or, like, <laughs> or, or, or it's, it's yeah. not, not the movie you thought it was. And you're just left sitting there like, well, I could have done anything else than watch this. Yeah, like, two good examples I can think of are, like, The Mist and Old Boy. Which are both like fantastic films, but the endings are like, "Yo, fuck you and fuck yep. your family." Sometimes <laughs> <Yep>. literally. Um, <laughs> oh, spoilers for one of those films. I'm not going to say which. Um, and it's just like, I need a shower now. I need a shower, and I need to watch Princess Bride. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that makes sense. And there, there was an interesting thing in there of like this. Is usually healthy, but if you if you fall too deep in a nostalgia hole and kind of start to build your own world around it, then that can be dangerous. And I'm not going to say I'm not guilty of that sometimes, um, especially like when I was recovering from surgery. It's like I don't want to think about anything that's happened the past 35 years. <laughs> mm, I'm, fair. Just, I'm just going to watch the Muppets. Um, fuck everything but Kermit. So, that but yeah, that was definitely a situation this year. Like all me- my medical maladies is was like a situation that kind of plunged me into comfort films. And then being in America recently, being very sick for a week and jet lagged, and it's America, so you can't like go anywhere at two o'clock in the morning. Um, right. Especially in Toledo, man. Fucking, you know, I started to go off on a thing like. COVID ruined 24-hour stores in America. I didn't know this. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's I very didn't know true. this. That's very true. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, as someone who, like, we had a lot of 24-hour, I mean, even, like, stuff like Walmarts. Like, yeah, what the there fuck, was a man? lot of 24-hour things. And because of COVID, some places, like, they may close even, like, 9 o'clock, maybe. Um, and the only 24-hour places that are even left, to be honest, are, like, Waffle House, IHOP, and then maybe like a drive-through of like a uh, a fast food restaurant, and that's it. The steak and shake isn't twenty four hours anymore. And I was so pissed. No, um, 
like and and Kroger's the local the local supermarket in Toledo. So like I had nowhere to go at one o'clock in the morning because I'm jet lagged and in extreme pain. I can't sleep, and so I'm staying at my 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 family's property, which has okay, it has a guest house. I'm I'm so I know I know I know I know. Um, and it used to have Direct TV, which I kind of loved because it was you know it's like that feeling of you don't know what you're gonna watch. Yep. You know, and like we had every movie channel. So like last time when I was there, for some reason I watched Hear No Evil, See No Evil, Hear No Evil like five times. The movie with Kane from WWE. No, no. The. <laughs> oh no! Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's See No Evil. You're talking about Richard Pryor and. Uh... Yeah, I forget yes. which one. Yeah, I, yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't know why my brain went to the wrestling. I know why movie. your brain went to the wrestling thing. It's okay. Um, but I watched it like three times, and it's like hey, this is this is. I'm jet lagged. It's 3 a.m. Why not? But this, but they've changed everything at my family's property, and now they have Apple TV, and so I was kind of stuck in a prime hole. Um, and I think like Prime is a really good way to get those nostalgia bounds when you need them, and so it's Max and all those streaming things. But I, I, I kind of do miss. I'm kind of going out of order on my list here, but I kind of do miss the comfort film that you just watched because it was on TV. Yep. And can you think of any of those off the top of your head? I, I got a, I got a big list, but like when you 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 grew up in the eighties, did you have cable? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Man, one see, there's a a couple of these that I I do remember. Like, well, it's on TV. I'm definitely going to finish this. Uh, I remember seeing like that's kind of how I saw Star Wars when I was a kid and yeah. Indiana oh, totally, Jones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Star like, Wars used to be on TV all the fucking time. Yeah, and I feel like some of the some of the cable channels, I feel like USA Network in particular, I think, is where I first saw Star Wars. Because if they showed like New Hope, more than likely you're going to see the other two movies right behind it for yeah. like the weekend. Yeah, I used to do that too. You like we'd we'd watch you know Star Wars is on. Let's watch Star Wars, even though I I owned them on tape. But you know, yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Star Wars is a big one. For me, when I think of like the movie that's always on TV, the two that always come to mind are Silver Bullet and Tremors. Tremors, yeah, that's another one. I've seen the TV version of Tremors more than I've seen the theatrical version to the point where I will quote the edited lines. Like, uh, yeah. I like I think he says at the end, like I got me a goddamn plan or something. But the 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 TV edits, I got myself a plan, and I, I've I've quoted that more. <laughs> See, <laughs> Tremors, you you reminded me now. That's one of the movies I've, I've seen more edited on TV. That I think when I finally yeah. saw the unedited version, actually was during COVID because we had a watch party. <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, we had a watch party, and I think that was the first time I really saw the unedited version of Tremors. So there was lines in there that I was like, that's different from what I've seen my whole life. Yeah, it's weird, and it it was fun. Like, just it was on. I think it was probably on TBS a lot. TBS that's a, that feels like a TBS or TNT movie. Um, and it's the kind of feeling where like you're home. Maybe, maybe let's just say you're spitballing here. Maybe you're a depressed, socially awkward gay thirteen year old. Um, just saying, and it's the early nineties. Yeah. This, this, yeah, this is this, this, you know, and all your friends out are having or out have dates or a life or a car or a job, and you have nothing. And 
you just flick through the channels and then you happen to stumble upon Monty Python and the Hoyo Grail and I'm like, oh, fine, okay, I can be happy now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's the it's a different feeling than sitting down and looking at your movies or looking at Prime and saying, what will cheer me up? See, this is also why one of mine is Goonies, but with oh, Goonies, yes. mm-hmm. there's moments in the movie that in my brain, I know this is where the commercial break is. <laughs> Because I've seen it on, on TV so many times. Yeah, I feel like Goonies is like a um, that's a that's a landmark for a lot for our generation for sure. Like, like I think I said before we started recording, a lot of this is late Gen X, early millennial bullshit. Like, yeah, and um, also I like exceptionally white for me. <laughs> Like just, <laughs> you're speaking for your list. <laughs> my list, yeah. Like, cause that's. I mean, that's not why I asked you to be on here. But I, I, after I asked you, I did think about it because, like, one of the reasons I do this podcast is to talk to people of different different backgrounds yeah. to see like what their touchstones are. And I remember I was talking to, I think it was TL, and uh, he brought up the idea of Black Cannon to me. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Which I and I was like, Cannon Films, like no. <laughs> like, 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 oh, I get it. And he, for him, he said, he said, he, he said, the Wiz is black canon. It is. Yep. So you've seen it the Wiz? Is. Oh yeah, several times. I have not yeah. seen the Wiz. Yeah. So there you go. He's right. Based on yeah. one, based on one person. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I was in a discussion with Teal about this very recently. The Wiz is a a classic. Uh, it's also a movie growing up that was on TV a lot in in our house. And uh, I mean, for people that are not familiar, it is a. Um, Motown produced, Barry Gordy produced version of The Wizard of Oz, but it's with Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, um, uh, Nipsey, Russell. Like, oh, it's okay. it's completely like um, a Motown version of The Wiz. Like, so much so that there's a song from that movie that when I'm having a terrible day, this song puts me in a good mood no matter what. And it's, you know, when they go down the yellow brick road in the movie, they say, ease on down the road. Yeah, and they I know that sing song. See that song from that movie, and they sing the song "Ease On Down the Road," and that's one of my favorite songs of all time. And that's from The Wiz. Highly recommend you watch The Wiz if you have not seen it yet. Yeah, I do. I do have to watch The Wiz, and it is funny. Like when I joke and I say this movie, my, my list of comfort films is, is exceptionally white. I did fall back into a black exploitation hole recently uh, when I was sick, and I watched Cleopatra Jones, um, and and basically Pam Greer movies. So. There's a little bit of diversity, but I think, you know, growing up in the 80s as a white kid, you you weren't exposed to other, you know. No, that's, was, that's fair. That's fair. Because we, yeah. we do have some, I'm looking at your list. We have some overlap for sure because a lot oh, of sure. stuff that everyone's seen. But, like, it's funny because I'm looking at my list and I guess subconsciously I do have some kind of movies here that are like black canon movies. Uh, one that I hadn't thought about in years until you asked me to, to do this episode. And it's... uh. It's a Spike Lee movie that I hadn't thought about in a while. Uh, have you ever seen Crooklyn? It's funny. It's one of that's one of the only Spike Lee films I have seen. <laughs> really? Uh, um, yeah, because like oh, I've seen Malcolm X and Do the Right Thing, you know. But right. like, um, yeah, I, I saw Crooklyn in film school. Oddly enough, okay. Um, okay. It's a good movie. Yeah, Crooklyn was a movie that uh, one summer, you know, we had like one of those channels, like Encore, Stars, whatever, back in the day. And it was one of those movies that would play on that channel a lot. And I remember one summer just watching Crooklyn a lot. And I think it was kind of loosely based on Spike Lee and his family growing up. But it's like the the whole dynamic of watching this black family 
growing up and spending time together. It was one of the most relatable movies I had seen at the time. And I think I was maybe 13 or 14 when I saw it. And I feel like I spent a good summer just watching the movie over and over. And it's one of my favorite Spike Lee movies. And it's uh, if you've never seen it, it's a really good movie. It's one of his more personal movies. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. And it's, yeah. It's, it's kind of just, it's very intimate. Like, it's it's really interesting, but it's one of my favorites. And it's on my list because I've watched it so much. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but it's a movie that if I if I happen to come across it or like right now, I feel the need to rewatch it again. And I've I would seen have it so to many Im- times. I would have to imagine that's the only Spike Lee film that you could put on a comfort film list. It's the only one I could think of, yeah. Because no one's going to be like, I need to chill out. I'll put on Jungle Fever. Yeah. Just like, I want to see I want to see that scene with Samuel L. Jackson again. Um, or or Bamboozled. Yeah. It's like, or Malcolm, you know, Malcolm X is a great, Malcolm X is kind of like Schindler's List for me. Like, it's one of the greatest films I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't want to watch it again. Yep. Yeah, I've, it's, I've it's definitely so got a list of stuff like that in my in my head where it's like this is a great a great movie that I don't have to watch ever again. Yeah, yeah, and that's I think a lot of Spike Lee films they're so especially his early stuff it's it's so intense that it's like it's like Taxi Driver, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like I only she I only watch those films now if I want to show them to somebody. Yeah. Um, yep. And then afterwards, it's like okay, let's watch Back to the Future. Um, or or the Muppets again? Yes, uh, it's it's Crook, but Crooklyn Crooklyn is kind of like the Wonder Years. Actually, yeah, I've never thought about it like that. That makes a lot of sense. That's a really good comparison. Because is it because the, the the little kid in the movie isn't even the little kid in the movie is a Knicks fanatic, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. You said it's loosely based on Spike. Yeah, Lee's Spike. On Spike. I don't think it's very. I don't think it's very loose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that you say that, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've only seen that movie twice, and I haven't seen it in 20 years, but there are scenes I remember pretty very clearly, so it yeah. did stick with me. I, I would recommend that movie. That's a good one. Um, and that kind of falls into the category of like maybe stuff that you identify with. I think. Very much. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I, have, I, don't, I was trying to think about that because I found this great list of comfort films. There's a Guardian list of comfort films, which I recommend people read. And the director, Mike Lee, he named uh, Woody Allen's Radio Days. Because he says it reminds him of his own childhood so much, it's like watching a home movie. I'm not familiar and with Radio Days. I haven't. I I don't think I've seen Radio Days. I, um, I know it's a good movie for uh, for, for what people have told me. Other people, my my dad liked that movie a lot, but I don't really have a ton of those because like, but because like you know, there's Goonies, but like that's not what my life was like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Goonies was the idealized version of an '80s kid's life. Um, yeah, it was. It was kids wanting to be Indiana Jones. Exactly. But for me, the first like 20 minutes of Poltergeist, um, that's what it was like in my neighborhood. Like it just it in that what was that 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 just reminds me of '80s suburban USA so much. Yeah. That. When I watched it with my boyfriend, he saw it for the first time a couple years ago. I was not prepared for like the oh, that was me. <laughs> like oh yeah, it, it kind of just all came like rushing back to you, kind of. Oh, yes, like all the iconography, the like being scared of the tree outside the window, you oh, know, yeah. like just yeah. l- little kid things, and like you know all the posters he had in his room and and all that stuff like that. Cloak and Dagger is kind of the same way. 
of like before it becomes a spy thriller, the early part of it is very identifiable for what it was like to be a kid in the eighties. And for me, I think um, with Poltergeist too, even though Spielberg didn't make that movie, he had some involvement with it. So you know, he's more than kinda, more than some, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, kind of uh, like what you were saying about like the way the rooms are decorated. You know, he's always got stuff when there's kids in movies where there's those attention to detail of like what a kid's room would actually look like for that time period. Yeah, like ET. ET is a good example of that. Yep, exactly. Uh, but one the the only movie I've ever watched and I really thought that's me, more or less, uh, is High Fidelity. Uh, have you ever seen High one. Fidelity? I have. I haven't seen it in a long time. I've seen it a, a couple of times, though. I, High Fidelity is one of the only films I've watched four times in one day. Oh, wow. Uh, so <laughs> High Fidelity, for those who don't know, is about a record store clerk owner, played by John Cusack, and his idiot group of idiot co-workers, uh, played by... Um, Jack, forgot, Jack Black? Oh, Jack Black is there, and I forgot who plays Dick. Todd, Todd Luizzo, who isn't a huge actor... He has a really small part in The Rock. You might recognize him from that. And he's he gets around. Um, but it's about these three guys in this record store. And throughout my life, I have been each of those people. Uh, I have been the asshole snob in charge. I have been the incredibly judgmental, uh, socially awkward, um, outspoken prick. And I have been the shy person in the corner who just makes comments to herself and such up, you know, all three of them. And I almost bought a record store once. Like, that's how much I, I've been this person. And my favorite story of me in this movie is I got dumped once. One time, someone I was dating dumped me for my best friend. Fun oh, time. Oh, wow. Uh, and so I would watch High Fidelity up until the point where John Cusack has sex with Lisa Bonet, and I would turn, turn it off. That's uh, totally understandable. <laughs> skip, the totally part understandable. Where he gets, <laughs> skip the part where he gets back together with his girlfriend, because that wasn't going to happen to me. Um, so watch watch that first part and then turn it off. Uh, I did that like that, that's when I watched it like four times in like forty eight hours. So that's probably not healthy. <laughs> I, I just can't think of any movie I've watched four times in forty eight hours. That's so. I, I I didn't watch to completion, but I watched the majority of it like back to back. Um, right. Just in my room crying like a little. I won't make that joke. Um, but yeah, it was bad, and also the soundtrack's amazing. The high yeah, fidelity, it like it has. Um, you're gonna miss me, and it has. Um. The, that beta band song "Dry the Rain," which is just an unbelievable song, um, it has some good Bruce Springsteen references. I'm always, I'm always a, a, a sucker for that. Um, Elvis Costello, um, a great, um, a great joke about uh, "I just called to say I love you." <laughs> uh, I, feel, I feel like good music makes the comfort movie even better whether it's a score that you're familiar with and you hum along to the score or just straight up soundtrack with like songs you sing something about that adds to it where you're re-watching stuff and you know when the song cues are there mm-hmm. or like you have music from these movies you love because of the movies like i feel like that's a part of it too so i i made a list of those so what are what are some that have the soundtracks that you can just chill out to well for me i had to put this one on I'd say as much for the soundtrack as for the nostalgia of watching this movie over and over itself, but the 1986 animated Transformers movie. <laughs> now, let me tell you something about this movie, okay? That you're, I, that okay you're, before, you, before you continue, <laughs> if you would have said, hey, James, guess, 
<laughs> I would have not <laughs> ever have guessed that. But threw you a curveball. You 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 fucked me up. So you go for it. Um, okay, Anthony, so, explain. Mm-hmm. So okay, of course. Me growing up watching Transformers plays a big part into that. But that movie itself, there was something about that soundtrack, um, except for the Weird Al song, the Dare to Be Stupid song. <laughs> that soundtrack, I don't know what it was, but it's almost like one of the most motivational CDs or albums. Every damn song is kind of like, we're going through this tough time. We're going to push through it, damn it. And like every time something happens in the movie where like the Transformers are fighting something and some inspirational song with crazy 80s rock guitar comes in and someone's like you got the touch or nothing's gonna stand in our way or dare to dream and it's like little kid me is like i feel like i can do anything watching this movie right now and that soundtrack stay with me for that reason let me talk about stan bush yes please Uh, do because i love him because of that movie Stan Bush albums do I own? One second. Oh wow! Uh, now yeah, you're I'm throwing a, me a curveball. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I well, I own Stan Bush's greatest hits. Um, okay. Captain the Dream, and I own his self-titled album, which is a little more. It's a little more power poppy, like kind of like kind of like Cheap Trick. Okay. Um, and I own his album Stan Bush and Barrage, which and that has the touch on it. Um, okay. And it also has it also has heart versus head, which is in the wraith. Um, and he has so many songs and soundtracks. Like, oh yeah, like um, Rocky Four. Didn't he have a song? Rocky, Rocky no, no, no. He's never in a Rocky film, but okay. he is. He is in. Um, which which one is it? It's never. Sur- uh, no retreat, no surrender. Okay, uh, has one of his songs, and blood sport. Has some of his songs. Some yeah, of his songs that's too. right. So that's right. he was never he never got up to Rocky levels. Like he's not Survivor, but uh, or Robert Tepper, which I'll get to him in a minute. Um, but Stan Bush's music all sounds. It always sounds like that. Like it always oh, yeah. sounds like that. And uh, when I was super depressed earlier this year, you cannot be super depressed and listen to a Stan Bush album. It is impossible. It's not so, possible. It's, it's, so yeah, I, I get that, and but I just didn't think anybody actually watched that movie. Still, I watched that movie like twenty years ago, and I fucking hated it. Well, it's I'm not saying the movie's the best, but it's literally a thing <laughs> of like I will maybe once a year throw it on because I'm like I just feel like watching what is essentially a giant 80, 90 minute commercial and music video, and to me, it's more a music video than a movie. Um, oh. If you yeah, I mean, watch best, it that yeah. way, it's kind of a, a different experience. When well, the opening's amazing, um, yeah, and, and it looks- I just I, I just realized why I made the Rocky connection. I'm sorry because Vince DiCola is a composer of both of those movies. Okay, I didn't. And there's I didn't know. there's that's the connection there. There's music in Rocky Four. Uh, you know the montage. I think when he's running in the snow and training in the mountains and stuff. Oh yes, yes. The music from that scene. I know this because it was on my workout playlist for a long time. Uh, is very reminiscent of some of the music in the Transformers uh, score in, in some scenes of that movie. 
And I, I remember just finding out later, oh, it's the same composer. That's why I made that connection. It wasn't Stan Bush, it was Vista Cola. Well, Rocky Four is also one of, is is a comfort film in in the category of movies I always watch because it's on TV and because of great soundtracks. I've seen Rocky Four eight hundred times because Rocky Four is also like half montage. Yes. Um, and you mentioned the training montage, which is great. Uh, like yo, it's a great, it's a fantastic training montage. But there are two other. Well, that, okay. Well, that that movie has two training montages. Because <laughs> are there two? Um, there are because t- it had the training montage, and then Marion comes back, and there's another montage. That's so right. There's the Burning Heart montage, followed by Marion coming back, and then the Vince Tocola montage. But my favorite montage in that film is the No Easy Way Out montage. Yes, uh, that song fucking rules. That song and is amazing. <laughs> that song is amazing. Robert Tepper, I don't know who you are, um, but you you wrote one perfect song. Uh, it, it is one of my favorite songs. And when I was a kid, if that if Rocky Four was on TNT and Rocky Four was often on TNT, <laughs> um, <laughs> and we were we, we were in within twenty minutes of that scene being on TV, my dad would have to watch the movie. Until I, mean, I, I have to agree with your dad on this. Until that scene came out, but yeah, Robert, Robert Tepper apparently released several albums. Uh, I have I only know that song. Uh, guess the name. Guess the name of his first album. Just guess. Is it called No Easy Way Out? Yes. Guess what track one is. <laughs> is it, would it be No Easy Way Out? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What did I win, James? <laughs> By um, a copy of the album. A copy. Is that what's happening? Hey, I own a lot of albums. I don't own any Robert Tepper yet. Uh, I do own a lot of Survivor. Survivor was my first concert. Um, oh, cool! Because of Rocky Three. So, uh, but yeah, that's 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 a good one for the soundtrack. And another one for the soundtrack for me, uh, Blues Brothers, because yes, I mean, come on. Um, yeah. It's a great way to expose my boyfriend to Mindy the Moocher, which is just fantastic. Um, and the 80s pantheon of 80s mu- music films that begin of F, Flashdance, Footloose, and Fame. You know, I watched Flashdance as recently as like two or three years ago, just because I hadn't seen it in a while, and because uh, Jennifer Beale was on like The Mandalorian or something. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it just messed my memory up where I was like, that's Jennifer Beale. And I just had this urge to watch Flashdance, and I'm going to tell you, I'm sitting there watching this movie, and I probably hadn't seen it since the 80s. And by the end of that movie, if I wasn't so into that <laughs> that whole scene and when that song hit, I must have been listening to that soundtrack for like the next week after I watched that again. Flashdance. So, so very first episode of this podcast, Flashdance. Um, 
when I did the episode, I didn't like the movie. Since then, I've watched it two or three times. I don't know why. <laughs> and it grows on me as a film you can kind of passively watch. Yeah. Because the plot is horrible. Yeah. Um, it's a stupid fucking movie. But when there's music on there, it's amazing. And yep. as I said in that episode, I lived in Pittsburgh for 10 years. There are no clubs like that in Pittsburgh. You cannot find <laughs> the artist. As far as I know, there's only like one real strip club in Pittsburgh. It's called Blush. Uh, Pittsburgh has pretty strict laws about that. It's not like Toledo where there's like 8,000 strip clubs in every corner that open 24 hours a day. Um because nothing says hot like going to a strip club at two o'clock in the morning, at three o'clock in the afternoon in Toledo. Um, but yeah, Flashdance has a fantastic soundtrack. I mean, I mean, obviously the, the theme song, you know, uh, Maniac, all that stuff. But I'm partial to Footloose. I haven't um, seen Footloose in a long time. Footloose, Footloose is my mom's favorite movie. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty pretty safe to say that and it is one that she tells me that if she's feeling down so does watch footloose and 95 percent of that is the soundtrack because that's fair the sound footloose is a banger uh you know it has the title track of course um let's hear it for the boy you know oh that wasn't that soundtrack yeah. yeah holding out for a hero dancing in the sheets um uh Never, 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 never. Yeah. Hurt, I forgot that was on there too. Hurt so good. Um, that really bad ballad. Who's it that? That's the only song I don't like. What is that? Is that, is that I'm Free? No, no, Almost Paradise. Almost Paradise by Eric Carmen. Um, that's a, and, and Ann Wilson sings that. And I love Ann Wilson, but that's a bad song. But so many good, fun, upbeat songs. And, it it really does for me hit all the happy eighties vibes. Yeah. Uh even though, like I joked before, it is the whitest fucking movie you will <laughs> ever see about rock and roll. Um have you seen the remake to Footloose? No, I remember when it came out and I just remember thinking, well, that's weird. And I, I I was aware of it and that was it. I don't know anyone that's seen it. I had no interest in seeing it. So did you see yeah. it? No, I didn't see it. I know it is, you know, thankfully more more diverse than the original, musically speaking. But uh, it, I had no interest in seeing it. It's like it has a cover of "Footloose" by Blake Shelton, who's oh. a who's a country singer, and so a lot of it, a lot of the soundtrack is covers, and a lot of it's country. So, like, that's not Footloose. I, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I forgot they even did it until you mentioned it just now. So I feel like it didn't probably get much response. I, I think it probably did okay, but people have forgotten it, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe probably in 20 years I can do it on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> become, I'll do that. And instead of, instead of the, uh, instead of the uh, Transformers film, I said we should do the uh, GoBots movie. <laughs> I, I know somewhere deep in my memory I've seen it, and I just don't remember it. <laughs> I know I've seen it, though. I was looking at the GoBots it's on the wiki for the Transformers movie, and I, I, I know I might have seen the GoBots movie in the theater, um, and I want to watch it now because apparently it has Telly Savalas and Roddy McDowell and Margot Kidder in it. Okay, um, see, no, I, mean, I kind of want to watch it too. <laughs> yes, Roddy McDowell, my my second favorite British, my my second favorite foppish British man. 
behind uh, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Of course. <laughs> so, of course, of course, you know. You know, when I was talking earlier, I was talking about watching movies because I'm depressed. And sometimes the only thing that I can really do is to watch, like, literally the funniest funniest thing I can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and because like, I kind of joke, like, I, I was talking about this to somebody else, and I said a comfort film can be a three-star comedy, a two-star action film, or a one-star horror movie. Because uh, it's, like, passive watching. But sometimes you need something to really, like, lift you up and i want to after i got mugged uh like 20 years ago in my house it's a long story um don't live with drug dealers everybody um james you've lived a life is what i'm learning today <laughs> <laughs> you've lived a life my, my, my dude I, I think i've lived a pretty mundane life with punctuation um so yeah after the home after the home invasion um i watched i watched all the pink panther films the original, wow. the original, yeah. not the Steve. This is before I was mugged before the Steve Martin films came out, so I, those didn't <laughs> exist yet. Um, have you ever seen those movies? I remember seeing those on cable so long ago, um, maybe when I was in like high school. That I, I they kind of all blur in a one big movie. It's been so long, I couldn't distinguish them, but I know I've seen them maybe each at least once. I need to rewatch them because it's been a long time. Not all of them are good. I would say the first two, Pink Panther and A Shot in the Dark, are good. Don't watch Inspector Clouseau because it doesn't have Peter Sellers in it. And then okay. Return of the Pink Panther is amazing. That's what I'm going to talk about in a minute. And then Pink Panther Strikes Again and Revenge are okay. After that, they made some using old footage of Peter Sellers. Don't watch those. Oh, that's, those that's kind of odd. Like a, like a Game of Death kind of thing with Bruce Lee? Where they yeah, just... yeah. It's gross. So that's don't watch those. Weird. But... Uh, Return of the Pink Panther, 1975, has Peter Sellers and Christopher Plummer in it. And there's a scene in that movie where, with a vacuum cleaner, which is just stupid. Uh, like he's sucking up things by accident and it's making, it's, 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 it doesn't even make any sense. I was laughing so hard in that I, my stitches were bleeding. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard it made me bleed. <laughs> That's a hell of a review. That's a that's great a letter review. review. <laughs> that's only happened to me. That happened to me one other time. I uh, the the there's an episode. Okay, there's an episode of Mad About You. <laughs> okay, go on. That is the, the Thanksgiving episode, and the people people who know it know it. I watched that a week after I had my appendix taken out, and we had to, I had to leave the room because I, oh, I, wow. I hurt myself laughing. So it has happened before, but. If you're in an exceptionally dark place, or if you never know someone who's in an exceptionally dark place, is there a go-to like emergency, like you know, like break the glass movie? Um, you know, I'm looking at my list, and it's funny because as I look at this, the the first three movies I listed were comedies. Of course, um, of course, yeah. 
Now, if someone's in a dark place, I'm going to go to this pick because it's a – you would say it's a B movie, but this one could even be a C movie. Okay. Uh, Miami Connection. Oh, my God. I know you're familiar with Miami Connection, James. Dude, dude I just bought the limited edition soundtrack that's filled with cocaine. Like not really, but like it's like a it's a it's a it's a it's a record that has a hollow middle and they put white powder in it. <laughs> For people listening, if you don't know Miami Connection, this is a movie. I don't remember how I even found out about this movie, but I found out about it maybe ten years ago. Uh, the Alamo Draft House Theaters they have their own like they had like a, a line where they were releasing movies that were lesser known, mm-hmm. and this was a movie that they released on Blu-ray uh, probably about ten years ago. Miami Connection was a. a very low budget martial arts movie, uh, <laughs> funded by a guy who was a uh, like he actually, I think he taught Taekwondo in Miami. Yeah, he's Korean, that, yeah, mm-hmm. Korean, yeah. And he owns this dojo and he actually makes this movie with his like own money and his own students. And and they it's this whole thing where <laughs> they're martial artists, but they're also in a band and they're fighting <sighs> drug dealers in Miami. If that sounds crazy and wild and random to you, because it is, and Miami Connection looks very much like. You know, we're gonna go out and film this movie on the weekends, whatever, and it's it's just as wild as you think it is. I'll tell you, we're talking about music. I'm not even kidding you. The music in that movie, I legitimately love it. It's cheesy, it's cheap, but the friend song got stuck in my head the first time I watched that movie and I actually love it. Oh yeah, it's now it's in my head and I hate you. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. And against, Miami the, Connection. against the ninja. Um, against the ninja. It's so ridiculous that it, I, every chance I have to show it to friends, I watch it with them and just wait to hear their responses. And it's always a good time. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. And that does, you know, when I'm depressed, ninjas help. Uh, <laughs> and like we, we, we have we have a ninja history, you and me, Anthony. Um, yes. You know, and a lot of times when we talk about comfort films, it's films you've seen before, mm-hmm. obviously. But when I was sick, uh, and like when I was sick and like barely lucid, no, I'm watching Indiana Jones, I'm watching the Ghostbusters, I'm watching Jackie, I'm watching Jackie Brown. I watch Jackie Brown a lot. Um, but when I'm a little bit better, but I just, I can't do anything, I'll try to like, I'll I will like mainline bad movies. Yeah. Um, I'll just I I call this sex and what's on Tubi. <laughs> and Tubi has these films by a uh, I'm using director liberally uh, named Godfrey Ho. Okay. And eventually I'm going to do an episode on, on, on one of his movies. But Godfrey Ho released these ninja movies in the mid 80s um, with an American, I think he's American, uh, a Western actor named Richard Harrison, uh, who you have not heard of, most likely. And yeah, he's American. And okay. What he, what Godfrey Ho did is he bought all these Taiwanese movies, um, shot new footage with Richard Harris as a ninja, and then edited them together, like and, like po- Power Ranger style, like not as good. Okay. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. They are they are amateur hour movies. Um, okay. The thing is, like, so the, the first one I saw is. 
Ninja Terminator. Which <laughs> okay, great name. Uh, and I've watched that twice this month, <laughs> last month, because uh, that's what I'm showing friends now. And it 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 takes this original footage of this ninja clan having this golden ninja warrior statue, unrelated to the TV show. Um, and this Taiwanese action film from the seventies, redubbed, and they connect it with fo- with phone calls. Like so, so they are never on camera together because they can't be. Um, right. And like creative editing, and but the phone calls are all great because the, the when when he calls Richard Harrison, who's a ninja, he has a Garfield phone, <laughs> and like why why not? And why not? The the but the the two things that make it actually kind of sort of I give it five stars because I haven't had more fun watching a movie this year, <laughs> um, because it is never boring, never boring, nonstop insanity. Um, the Taiwanese movie that's stealing from Looks pretty good, uh, like it has good kung fu, good good, good action scenes. Then original mm. ninja footage is pretty well done too. It's stupid, but it's well done. And then it has all these little things that are bonkers, like the, like the the Garfield phone. The ninjas use a robot to deliver messages, and it's obviously a toy robot they bought at a store. <laughs> and the almost the entire score is stolen music. Um. From bands that I know, you don't like. I'm gonna like it's 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 70s French prog rock. Oh um, wow! Like yeah, Steve Hillage, Tim Blake, and Gong, um, and uh, Logic System, who's a Japanese electronic musician I've met personally. <laughs> um, so it's like totally my shit. It's like ninjas, prog rock, and Japanese rock, and Japanese techno. You I'm gonna have to watch this. You can't. It's on Tubi. All of God, as far as I can tell, all of the Godfrey Ho monstrosities are on Tubi. Um, I've seen a few. The best is Ninja Terminator. The worst one I saw was Ninja Dragon. Um, I do recommend. What was the other good one? Well, good. I mean, good. Uh, Ninja Diamond. Diamond Ninja Force. Diamond Ninja Force. Uh, Diamond Ninja Force. That combines footage of Richard Harrison and a haunted house movie, uh, which have nothing in common. Nothing in common. And, but it has one of the best lines of any film ever. To connect it, they have, they're showing these people pictures of the ghosts. And he says, oh, no, it's the ghost ninja. <laughs> oh, okay, then. It's a ninja movie. Um <laughs> And it also has that movie has more notable music. It has craft work in it and uh Tangerine Dream. Oh yeah. So okay. that one's pretty good. And then Ninja Knight is it, is it, I think it's Ninja Knight Thunder Fox. Um that sounds one, like a Hideo Kojima character. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage <laughs> but pissed jug man. Um <laughs> that one combines it with uh Kinda, I think it's a um, just a, a, some random Taiwanese film. Pretty good, but the best part about that is when there are ninjas on screen, they wear headbands that say ninja. So that's like a name tag for them. Yeah, it's like very convenient. Um, and I think almost the entire soundtrack is Tangerine Dream. Uh, so 
like I those those are now my new comfort films. So like I have a friend who likes them. So like every Sunday night we're gonna watch those movies for the next year. That's amazing. Just every Godfrey Hill movie. So <laughs> those are good ones and bad slasher films. You know, like if you know going in it's a bad slasher, it's you can zone out to it. Um, yeah. When you're in a when you are looking for something you haven't seen before but you don't want to think what what are your what are your go tos for that. Something that I haven't seen before and I just don't want to think. Um, I usually look for like animation stuff. Oh, okay. I will either look for animation by like people that I've seen some of their other stuff before, like maybe a, a Studio Ghibli movie I haven't seen or like an animation that I've heard about or something. I, I try to go for something like that. I try to make time for stuff like that sometimes. Uh, or I'll like look intentionally like for. Something that, that always looked interesting to me, but I never watch. And usually I, I lean towards animation for some reason. Huh, interesting. So when you say Ghibli, I, I imagine you don't mean Grave of the Fireflies. No. no. That was one of those, I <laughs> saw it once, and I'm good forever. Amazing film. Don't need to ever rewatch it. <laughs> Grave of the Fireflies, I don't even recommend that movie. It's just too depressing. Like, even no, from an artistic yeah. standpoint, it's like, I'd rather watch Schindler's List. Yeah. It's, it's a movie that I remember seeing um, so long ago that... It left such a deep impact on me. I can tell you, it's amazingly well made, but you do not have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, like it's like Sophie's choice. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's one of those like you know going in, it's sad. Like it's not a spoiler. It's the very first scene in the movie is two dead kids. Yeah. So you know going in, it's about two kids dying, but the process of them getting to that point is just like, oh, who, who needs my soul? You can take it. Just take my soul. Just stab me in the chest. It's fine. It's uh, well, it's such, it's such a well-made movie that I, oh yeah, I, I think you get lost in the fact that it's animated because it hits you so hard emotionally. You're like, wow, an animated movie can really affect you like this. And and to to give it its praise is like for that, but because of the story and the subject matter, it's just like yeah, you have to know what you what you're getting into with that movie. It's a, it's too heavy for me. I can't. I just can't do yeah. it. So you said that Ninja Connection is your go-to to, and then Ninja Connection. It should, it should be called Ninja Connection. Miami <laughs> Connection be. is your go-to like comfort food. Is that would you call that like a comfort film for somebody else? Like if you want to uh, cheer them up. Actually, yeah, because every time I've recommended it to a friend of mine, I've either been like, "Look, you want to watch something fun that we don't have to think about that I know at some point you're gonna smile. It's gonna be this movie." Uh, so yeah, that would be a good one to like. Someone's going through a tough time. I, I bring that to them. It is a movie I've watched. Like the first time I watched it, I think it was by myself. And I think after that, I've only watched it with people that I want to show it to. Oh yeah, it, it definitely falls into the you watch you watch this with someone else. Exactly. Yeah. Some sometimes when I watch a comfort film like The Muppets, uh, I I I just I don't need to have anybody else, anybody else around. But sometimes for me, the comfort is in showing somebody else the film. Yes. Yeah, and Miami Connections right up there with that. Uh, going back to Ninjas, New York Ninja, uh, which you should watch. New, You'd like it. New York Ninja. I'm going to add New that York, to my list, too. So stop my Ninja podcast. Um, all right. That's another one I recommend. But for me, when, I, when I'm when i feeling down, 
and I want to show somebody else a good movie. I try not to make too many self-deprecating gay jokes, but it's hard. Um, I'm a homosexual, so Doris Day. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? I'm gonna. I know the answer is no, Anthony. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I don't mean. I don't mean to play into. Look, if I make too much racial humor, I apologize, or like like sexuality humor. But you're a straight black man in Texas. <laughs> That is, Listen, I'm okay. just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say you're correct. I have not seen a Doris Day movie um, only because I've just never, I've always been aware of Doris Day as a name and an actress. As I've you just fucking never, should be. Yeah, I've just never, for whatever reason, stumbled across uh, one of her movies. It's just never been a thing that I've encountered. I'm not opposed to watching them. I just don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, it's never been like, like, for example, when I first saw uh, like Double Indemnity, right? Mm-hmm. That's a movie mm-hmm. that I was never aware of until one of my friends uh, talked about how much she loved it. And I rented it and I fell in love with it. And if she had mentioned that to me one time, I probably never would have seen that movie. And yeah. no one has just had that experience with, with me with the Doris Day movie, except for I've heard you talk about how much you love them, but I've still never heard specific ones. So I want to hear about this Doris Day. Thing. Okay. So I want to talk. talk about, so I got into Doris Day during the lockdown. Um, okay. Because we were depressed. And I, I even tweeted, like, I made a tweet, like, depressed and gay, so time for Doris Day. <laughs> and um, I had never seen a Doris Day film. And we started with Pillow Talk, because Pillow Talk is, like, the alpha and omega of okay. of Doris Day films. And that stars Doris Day and Rock Hudson, who is fucking gorgeous. <laughs> um, illegally hot. Um, and <laughs> Illegally hot. That, that's, like, that, that is... I, He's 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 a dreamboat. Anyway, um, and uh, that's a good movie, but it is just obscenely sexist. Okay, even for the peer, even for the time, it's super sexist. And all of the Doris Day rock cuts and films are kind of problematic in that way, to the point where I like them because of it now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> let's see how times have changed. Um. But then from there we just we went full on Doris Day and we were watching it like like three a week, and I would say if I when I recommend Doris Day films, someone if you've never seen a Doris Day film, um, you know you can always watch The Man Who Knew Too Much, which is a Hitchcock film, you know, okay. and she's in that, but it's not, I wouldn't call it a Doris Day film, even though she does star in it, and that's where that's where Kesarasara comes from. You know that song? Okay. Yes, I do. I do know that. That's from that movie. So, that's a a good easy first pick. But after that, I would say I'm trying to find the year. Uh, 1962's "A Touch of Mink," which okay. stars uh, Doris Day, Cary Grant, and Gig Young. A lot of her films have Gig Young, who was a kind of a big actor in the 60s and 70s. Um, don't Google about what happened to Gig Young. Anyway, um. Doris Day plays an uh, out-of-work woman in New York City who kind of stumbles into a friendship with a billionaire um, played by Cary Grant. uh, Okay. Speaking of unbelievably hot. And uh, Cary Grant's character just wants, he wants to build Doris Day an apartment where she can live and he can come visit her, you know, basically be her, be her, so she can be on call for him. Right, right. You know, 
she's really offended by that, but it's Cary Grant, so she's so she's conflicted. So because it's fucking Cary, he is he is also I'm I'm so gay. He's so gorgeous in that movie, just like unbelievably attractive, and a lot of the humor is with them trying to actually have a relationship. Um, it's a sex comedy with no sex. Well, okay, you mentioned earlier, like we talked about, like with certain movies, like like you know, for us, like me and TL, like we talked about, like Black Canon. Certain movies yeah, are part yeah. of Black Canon, right? Is Doris Day a part of Gay Canon? Is is her? So, okay, so as far as so Gay Canon for me is tricky because for me, Gay Canon, I'm sure Black Canon too is very generational, right? You know, we you grew up in this in the '80s, so a lot of your quote unquote Black Canon is '70s films, I would imagine. It is, yeah, yeah, and so. I don't know what the young gays like, <laughs> you know. Um, I always joke. I say I'm a Madonna gay. Okay, like that's my generation. So like Doris Day is for me. Doris Day is gay canon. Of course, the 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 ultimate gay canon is 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 uh, uh, Judy Garland. You okay. Know, okay. To the, I have heard to, people say so. To the point. Yeah. To the point where friend of Dorothy used to be code for gay. Really? Yes. Yes. I've never so, heard that before. So yeah, you know, her stuff is is gay canon, but like uh, there aren't a lot of great Judy Garland films. Like I would say Wizard of Oz, of course, and mm-hmm. maybe Meet Me in St. Louis are worth watching. Uh, and okay. she's in a few like The Pirates is good. That has that has The Pirates is good because that has an amazing dance number by uh, Gene Kelly. Um, Gene Kelly's ass in that movie. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a dancer, uh, but like gay canon for me is Doris Day. Um, but I haven't seen a lot of gay canon. Like I still haven't seen Moonstruck, and that's Cher. Uh, Cher, that's Cher Nicholas Cage, right? Yeah, and I love Cher, and I haven't watched it. But for me, okay. Bet, I like Bette Midler. So okay. uh, there's a movie Bette Midler made with Shelley Long called Outrageous Fortunes, which has some of my favorite one-liners of all time in it. Um, I'll tell you one later. It's not very appropriate. Um, but uh, uh, so Bette Midler for me, like I was, I was at a gay bar once with my boyfriend and it was like an old man gay bar. And there was a picture of Bette Midler on the wall. And my boyfriend is like, is that a drag queen? And I'm like, well, uh, kind of. <laughs> like, maybe. Um, so, yeah, no, for me, Doris Day is 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 her films are very camp. Um, okay. But they're also just good movies. And she made good dramas, too. Like, Midnight Lace is kind of a gallow. You know what? Before this year is over, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to take a Doris Day movie and add it to my watch list. And, and just because I need to see at least one. I, I'm so curious. Just like I feel like I want to have the experience of having at least seen one of these movies to have a reference for, for what and I've been hearing about. I have never managed to make a straight man watch a Doris Day film. So, Anthony. You could be breaking new ground here. <laughs> I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch one before the end of the year. I would recommend right to everybody I, the, the the touch of mink. If you want a good like thriller, Midnight Lace. Um, okay. Which is almost like which is like I said is almost a gallo. Um, and the pajama game. The pajama game. Uh, hashtag problematic. <laughs> Just want to okay. say that outright. But that has um, Bonnie Wright's uh, dad. You know Bonnie oh, Wright? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, he the was a singer, singer too. Um, okay. And that's a cute movie. And that has um, a song you probably, rec- if you heard it, you recognize it, uh, Hernando's Hideaway. Um, 
and that that also has um the cinematography the the uh, choreography is like by Bob Fosse. So oh yeah, from uh, all it, the other musicals, all the other musicals. So yeah, it <laughs> looks it looks amazing. Uh, and that was just released on Blu-ray a couple years ago. So I I would I would recommend that. So sorry, if you got me you got me rambling about Doris Day. Someday, no, it's okay. I feel like this is an educational episode for people like me who yep. also are here. And uh, let's talk about these that might be curious about where do you start with some of this stuff? You know. Yeah, yeah, and you know Doris Day and ninjas, my two. The two, the two genders. Um, <laughs> that should be the name of this episode. Even <laughs> Day and Ninjas. If I do podcast, I want to do a podcast where every week I alternate between Ninja Films and Doris Day. <laughs> that would be amazing. And then never the Twain shall meet. Let me think. Are there any Ninja? Fil- are there any Doris Day films with ninjas? No, I don't think so. What, what you need is a ninja movie with a Doris Day. Like maybe someone's watching a Doris Day movie in the in a scene or something. Or I, I'll, some, I'll work on it. Tie them. Yeah. I'll work on it. Um, one more thing with Gay Cannon, which is also comfort film. Comfort. It's not a movie, but if I'm ever depressed, I will go to YouTube and I will Google designing women. The night the lights went out in Georgia, uh, which is a scene from that TV show, um, which is like drag canon. Um, I haven't thought about that show since it was on back in like the nineties, eighties, eighties. I used to eighties yeah. and nineties. I used to here's here's a when my brother and my dad would watch Monday Night Football, my mom and I would go upstairs and watch Designing Woman and Murphy Brown, and then people were surprised I was gay. I don't know why. <laughs> um, Stereotypes are true sometimes, but anyway, uh, that's that's. I wanted to mention that also as gay canon. But um, I think this will be a short episode today because I really don't know what else to mention. And I'm sorry if this was just me rambling to you, Anthony, for an hour. No, uh, no, not at all. I mean, we've been we've been throwing stuff back and forth. I mean, I could we could do like some like quick hits on the list if, if we have go for it, man. Go for it. Give me some more. I've been talking so, too much. Top of my list, coming to America. Good one. Coming to America is one of those movies where I have every line memorized. I will not sit with someone that, that's somehow maybe never seen it and quote it in front of them, but it's one of those movies in my head. I know every beat. I know every rhythm of it. And I'm going to tell you what's amazing about Coming to America. So the, another movie on my list is Trading Places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen that. You've never seen Trading I Places? I know. I know. I fucked up. I know. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know what? I know this the is going to sound. Okay. Okay. Well, since you know the ending, I'll say Trading Places uh, I didn't realize till like years later that John Landis directed both movies, of course, and Eddie Murphy's in both movies. <laughs> I didn't realize until years later that the homeless guys in Coming to America were the characters from Trading Places. And it was like the longest callback I've ever seen in a movie. And when I mm-hmm. realized that's who they were, that fucked me up for so long. It was such a genius thing. Uh, but Coming to America, also part of Black Cannon. I'm just going to, I'm telling you, it's part of Black Cannon. Yeah. Uh, Coming to America is one of my favorite movies of all time. I still think it's just one of the funniest things ever. Uh, that's, how America, Jerry Jerry Cole. Places. that's how I learned about Jerry Curl. That's how I learned about Jerry Curl. You know, my uncle Aquaman. had a Jerry Curl when that movie came out. Yeah. So <laughs> I could smell that scene because I knew what it smelled like. Um, yeah. Also, on that same note, The Last Dragon. Oh, I had a whole episode about Last Dragon, but you are correct. The Last Dragon. Also for the music because it's – there was something with the 80s, I'm telling you. The Last Dragon soundtrack, as cheesy as it is, it hits me on that same, that inspirational kind of, you're going to train, the training montage stuff. Last Dragon hits glow. me that same way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. To this well, day, I will throw the, the glow on my workout playlist. Well, it's a fucking, it's a fucking, Mo, it's a fucking Motown. And yeah. 80s Motown is not all bangers, but uh, Rhythm of the Night. Um, yes. Yep. Yes. 
uh, Last Dragon, probably my favorite vanity film. <laughs> um, I've I've seen I've seen several. I've seen uh, I mean, Never Too Young to Die is amazing. Um, and if you if you want to see that is a Miami Connection quality because that has Ooh, okay. uh, I might have podcasted about that. That has John Stamos. Um, as basically a teenage James Bond. Oh, that's weird. Oh, just wait. And the bad guy playing, and I'm going to use the language on the film, and I'm sorry if it's pol- this, this is problematic, and I know that. Playing a hermaphrodite terrorist drag queen. Gene Simmons. Yeah, a- oh, wow. Yes. Velvet Von Ragnar. Those are words that <laughs> someone put together. Yes, and wow. of course, she's also an Axon Jackson. That's right, she is. is. So I, she's been on my podcast at least twice. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one of my other comfort movies, which is a little more recent, but I'm going to tell you, if I, say, if I say it this way, you'll probably never guess, it's my favorite Star Trek movie of all time. You take a guess? I'm thinking. It's a little not, bit of a deception. Not, it's a not, deception. Is, is it Star Trek? Is it actually Star Trek? Or It's it, not. It's okay, not actually Star Trek. Galaxy Quest. You you nailed it right there. And I haven't even yeah. seen it. I'm smart. Galaxy Quest is I remember hearing uh I think so there's even a documentary about Galaxy Quest, which you want to talk about being meta, a documentary about fans of the movie who are, you know, making a movie about fans of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Stewart, uh Patrick Stewart made some comment after Galaxy Quest came out that this was the movie that they should have made with the next generation cast. That's what I that heard. He loves it. I would highly recommend, even if you don't have interest in Star Trek, it's just a fun movie. Yeah. It's one of the most fun Alan um, Rickman performances, too. Yeah, I really want to watch it because my, my boyfriend loves Alan Rickman. So You should watch Galaxy Quest. Yeah, it's on it's my a list good time. for sure. Yeah. 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 Was, that, was that on TV a lot? Like in the, in... That one, uh, me and my friends actually saw that in the theater, and we were obsessed with it, so we just watched oh. it all the time. Okay, yeah. okay. Just, right. just always watched it, so... All right. Well, you got any? You got any more that you, people might not? Because like, like, I think we both had a lot of the same like big cuts, like Commando, maybe um, Ghostbusters, Commando, Goonies, like yes. we said. Yeah. Um, uh, now, for me personally, Fellowship of the Ring. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Fellowship I a, of the I, Ring. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, it's just I, like I, lo- I like that trilogy, but I will. There was there's times I will just want to watch only Fellowship, and no matter how many times I rewatch it, every time I get to the Balrog scene. I still think it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a movie in my entire life. And I'm blown away by it every time. But that movie is, I will watch all three hours. If I start that movie or if I, or if it's <laughs> on TV, I will sit and watch it. But especially if it's near the Balrog scene, I'm, sh- I'm shutting down everything I'm doing to see that scene. Yeah. You know, I haven't watched, Lord of the, I think I've only seen Return of the King once in the theater. Um, and I know I've watched the first one a few times, but I don't think I've watched any of them probably in twenty in twenty years. Um, and I think I'm in a minority for nerds of my age, but I should revisit them. They are, I mean, they're great movies, obviously. Um, Fellowship. I, I feel like even though it's part of a story, it the movie I feel like is is made well enough that you could just watch it as a standalone movie and, and yeah. be completely satisfied. And it's and it's, it, and of the three, it's the lightest one. Yeah. Yeah, because they get pretty pretty dark as they go well, on. And Fellowship, I think, also has the speech that there's a moment, I think, when uh, Frodo and Gandalf are talking about kind of like, why does he have this burden? And Gandalf gives this very mm-hmm. inspirational speech. And honestly, um, 
let's just say after one of the recent presidential elections in the States a couple of years ago, <laughs> I felt a need to watch Fellowship. And that scene made me feel so much better about just the world in that moment. Uh, that scene really made me like, fuck, man, there's kind of like hope in the world, you know, when stuff's really bleak. Fellowship is one of those movies that like, it pulls me out of like a, a dark space. Because the movie's really about hope. You know, it's about how can someone so small achieve such a big task. So Fellowship is definitely on my comfort food movies. As as weird as it sounds to say that, but I will go in for the full three hours and the spectacle of it. And it makes me feel good every time I get into that movie. Well, I think we should stop there because what I have to say about Caddyshack isn't going to match that. So, because um, <laughs> this the scene where Bill Murray talks about the Dalai Lama, this really, mo- no, it doesn't. It's fine. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think that's a good, a good note to end on. Um, I have multiple Stan Bush songs stuck in my head now. It's all your fault. Anyway, you're welcome. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> like, so we're gonna. I think we're gonna wrap up there. Like I said, a bit of a short episode today. And before I forget, I want to Benson. I said earlier that I, after my trip to America, the podcast would return to a regular schedule. I'm gonna try to do that, <laughs> but I can't make any promises because while nothing that's going on with my health is gonna kill me. Uh, I got to get some stuff sorted out. And so I won't be as able to dedicate as much time to the podcast for a while. So there'll probably still be two a month, but it might not be like on the dot every two weeks. So I hope everyone's pacing with me. I apologize. Um, you know, life is hard. But <laughs> uh, we've given them we've given them plenty of movies to watch while while they wait for episodes. I always do that. Like that, that's what people always say. They like my podcast because I'll in I'll, in an episode about one movie. I'll mention eighty five movies. Um, yeah. So yeah. So you're welcome, everybody. Go watch a touch a touch of mink. Um, and the pajama game, please. Doris Day and Miami me. Connection. Miami, Miami Connection. Connection. I mean, obviously. And <laughs> if if you live in a place that has access to Tubi and you are not watching Ninja Terminator, um, because I always I worry that someone's gonna figure out, hey, all these movies you stole on music, we have to pull them. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> watch the Terminator while you still can and it's it's in it's in sub VHS quality but there's nothing this it's, that's not going to get remastered no one's going to fund a 4K remaster of of uh of Ninja Terminator so just take it how you can get it but anyway uh a- Anthony uh where can people find you on the internet uh you can find me playing games on Twitch at Bruce Wayne Brady and on I'm still calling it Twitter damn it on Twitter yeah. as as long as I still decide to be on there also at Bruce Wayne Brady I'm pretty much Bruce Wayne Brady everywhere so Yeah you got the best screen in the world stick with it Um Thank you Yes I'm everywhere as Lost Turntable just find me there or you know any any Twitter Blue Sky I have a Twitter never use Um you know I'm around you'll find me but uh I I think also this is coming out the beginning of October at some or the end of end of end of September. At some point in October, I'm going to be on Retronauts talking about um Night of the Living Dead, the opposite of a comfort film. Um and I will also, I think, in some point in the future, be on Weirdest Episode Ever, a side podcast of Gareth Episode Ever talking about Benson. <laughs> the TV show Benson? Yes, yes the TV. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, because what the world needs now is people talking about Benson. Benson. I like saying Benson. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll be back. I'll be back later. Until then, take care. Benson. <laughs>